0: Movies and booze on Moncrief on News Talk O eight seven fourteen hundred one zero six is our WhatsApp number. You are listening to the Moncrief show on News Talk. Coming to you today from the Atlone Springs Hotel. It is indeed uh, da- uh, time for uh, movies and booze. We are joined on the stage by Fanula Jones, Brian Lloyd, and Atlone Man, Leslie
1: Williams. Woo! Woo!
0: Woo! You can tell from his thick (laughs) Westmeath accent.
1: Let's not go there again.
0: (laughs) We're not actually, no, we're not technically in Westmeath. We're in
1: Roscommon. Oh, this is a very good point. Yes, I am from the Westmeath. From I'm from the Dublin side. Um, Yeah, Dublin side. There, there you go. That's answer. I will tell you exactly where I'm from. I'm from grew up on Retreat Road in Athlone, in yeah. Retreat Heights, Um so Retreat Road is part of Retreat Heights. It's confusing, but I was on number, number ten Retreat Road.
0: Okay. Okay. And uh, uh, none of your family. No, <laughs> no, no. My ma- my mum died in
1: 2014, and we would have sold it about the year before, I'd say. So I haven't actually been down here as much since. But uh, okay. but I would have been down here all the time, back visiting my mum. You know. Yeah. Okay. I went to school in Athlone, National School. I went to, did go to secondary school in Dublin, though. So that's why. I, yeah. That's where I lost yeah. my accent. I. Blame them, you know. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> this is who else? It was Pierce Brosnan or somebody from Athlone. know oh, he's, oh, he's from Northern yeah. okay. Ireland. Sorry, <laughs> uh, sorry. <laughs> but somebody from Athlone. Uh.
1: John McCormick, <laughs> yeah, the singer. Yeah, can't John, McCormick. John McCormick. yeah And yeah, how John do we commemorate? McCormick, and yeah. and yeah. my. But well, fav- you wouldn't have known him. No, ah. no, no. But my favorite thing is that Cant John McCormick's house is the best Chinese restaurant in Dublin, in Athlone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is it? Yes. Is that true? J- well, it used to be. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah.
0: What's the second best Chinese restaurant in Black Oh, <laughs> No, no, that's
1: okay. a disagreement. Okay. Sorry, that was my a apologies. controversial my apologies. thing to yeah. say. Yeah. I apologise.
0: Yeah. So what wines are we drinking?
1: Today? Uh, we have, um, we have kind of summery wines for the lovely day that's in it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um,
1: well, that's what they were thinking, because they are kind of summery. There's a lovely um, fruity pink Prosecco um, with... Um, nice bottle. Isn't it? A very pretty bottle. Yeah. All sort of wavy and textured and... Uh, and this is a full-fizz Prosecco, so 15 euros for this is pretty damn good. It's a pink one, uh, so half uh, glera which is the Prosecco grape, um, which would be all sort of peachy, and then half Pinot Noir, which is more sort of red berry fruits and so on. Second one is uh, Sauvignon Blanc from Gascony, and then we've got a Beaujolais, a Flurry, which right. is a crew Beaujolais.
0: Okay, great. And so the two films today, um, Past Lives and the Lesson, Yeah. one is one is really great and one is pants. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not as binary as that.
2: Yeah. Um, no, Past Lives is brilliant though. It's like the best film I've seen this year, hands down. Um, it's set between kind of South Korea and America. It's about kind of, it's very similar to Brooklyn. Remember the Saoirse yeah, film, Brooklyn? Yeah. Very kind of similar to that. And then The Lesson stars Daryl McCormack and Richard D. Grant, and it's very uh, hoity-toity. It's about an author who takes on a student um, a student teacher and there's a lot of kind of intrigue in this old estate, kind of daphne du maurier kind of thing right okay yeah, yeah not, that, that's the pants one that's kind yeah, of pants, yeah yeah okay that's what yeah. i thought
0: yeah everyone is saying though that past lives is,
2: oh it's amazing yeah it's brilliant yeah. it's absolutely fantastic i was blown away by it it is brilliant And like it's getting five stars all over the place
0: yeah though. yeah isn't that silly though to if you if, you, if you've produced a film not silly but if you've produced a film and you know it's really good. Yeah. What's the optimum time to release it for Oscar buzz? Well, they say you should release it like around this time,
2: or kind of going closer into like you know October, December, October, mm. November, because they open up the um, they like the the voting kind of begins. I think in December. So from like December, you want to be as close to the voting booth. Um, As possible But in saying that Like there are plenty of films That have been released You know During the summer Or released even further back that have done very, very well in Oscars. So, like, there's no real, I mean, people will tell you there's a a system and a strategy to it. There isn't, because what generally happens as well is is that if a film was released in the summer, they'll put it back in cinemas again. And then, as well, for, like, people who are members of the Academy, they get sent, like, screeners and stuff like that. They'll get sent DVDs so they can watch them whenever they want. And a lot of
0: them do do that anyway. Yeah, okay. So, Fanula, did you get your ring?
3: Did I get my ring? I did. The yes, engagement. I did. Her engagement yes. ring. woo yeah. You wear it. I'm not wearing it. All right, no. <laughs> forgot it. No. Yeah, but I got it,
0: yeah. You, you forgot it or I you have it in it. a secure location? That you don't want to be mugged.
3: No, I just genuinely forgot it. It's at home. I keep it. It's a little bit too loose. I need to get it resized, so. Right, okay. Yeah. You, for, you were scared to come down to it alone, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I've had a great time that, yeah. I actually got nice coffee and the charity shop, so it would okay. felt perfectly safe. With right. And have you, got a, have you got a date or a location no. yet? No. No. Probably Cork, because I'll be disowned otherwise, but... That's true.
0: Yeah, you are from Cork, so that would would make a difference.
3: Yeah. Now, we hear about the writer's strike
0: every week. Drew Barrymore, can we technically say Drew Barrymore is now a strike-breaker?
3: I think you could, yeah. So she, for anyone who's not familiar, she hosts, it is aired over here, but it's way more popular in the States. She hosts this talk show called The Drew Barrymore Show, um, and it was due to come back uh, very recently for its fourth season. Um, she technically, it's very complicated. Technically, talk shows aren't uh, like breaking strike rules uh, because they're under a different code of conduct if they want to come back, but it's seen as like a big moral, you know, no-no yeah. coming back because she wants to come back basically without writers so she's like their position is it's grand because we're not bringing back writers but essentially we're still crossing the picket line in doing that and like she has writers from her show who are still in the picket line lines being like why are you doing this she herself obviously as an actor like you kind of think would know surely you could stay standing in solidarity with SAG and the writer strike she previously stepped down from the MTV movie awards because they were on just as the strikes were kicking off so it seems like a bit of a weird call to want to bring the show back even with all these you know we're not gonna if we have people on they're not going to talk about movies and we're not going to talk about projects and we're not going to have writers it just has left a very bad taste in people's mouths there were allegations that some people in the studio audience as well they were wearing like pins in support of the writers as well they were asked to leave the studio and um, it's not good especially from someone mm. as who is usually perceived as so good uh, mm. Drew Barrymore you know what I mean it's yeah. just not
2: and but, comes from a big acting family as well yeah, like, totally. I mean she, like, yeah. she's like acting royalty so like and all her family members would have been all SAG-after members as well yeah. so like you'd think she'd have a bit of cop
0: on with this kind of uh, thing Bill Maher's coming back though as well Bill Maher's and coming I thought back. he would be heavily dependent
3: on writers yeah but his uh, yeah his argument is that with they're basically they're changing the format of the show so they don't need like writers that it's just going to be the uh, panel there's no like opening monologue but his argument was basically that look he still sympathises with the writers but this has gone on so long that he needs he's a team that he wants to bring back to work but look he's not the only one like the Jennifer Hudson show is coming back the talk the view came back without writers a couple of weeks ago yeah it's not good not good, good not good like she's lost jobs over now she was supposed to be hosting the National Book Awards and then obviously this all blew up and they were like you know what actually we're grand stay at home so
0: okay is SAG running out of money Yes.
3: Um, I Not that I've heard But they are like Actively Brian's shaking his head I don't think so Like there's no End in sight for this no. like, Because they just They're not The no, streamers in the studios Don't seem to be willing To budge at all
2: I mean I was listening To one guy uh, Who's from The sag after thing And he was saying that The way that it works is, is that all the Film studios Are joined together At this thing called The Alliance of Motion And Television uh, Producers And they all have to work together to negotiate as one body, but individually, they're all competitors. And individually, all the different CEOs have said, look, we completely agree with you. We're happy to give you everything, but because we're tied together with this stupid negotiating body, we can't make for, we can't make a deal. We can't move forward until everybody agrees with it. And the likes of you know Warner Brothers and Bob, Bob Iger and Disney are digging their heels in and they're saying no, we're absolutely not budging on any of this. But then uh, on top of that as well, you have like the smaller studios that have uh, made deals with SAG-AFTRA and they've said, yeah, we'll agree to absolutely every demand that you've given, no problem. And then the actors can go out and then uh, promote the film. Like you had the Venice Film Festival, you had Adam Driver and Penelope Cruz out banging the drum for uh, Ferrari and stuff like that. And and when Adam Driver was on the, the plinth or whatever, He was asked, like, why are you here if, you know, there's supposed to be a strike? And he said, the reason I'm here is because a small company like Neon, that's the distribution company for uh, Ferrari. If they can meet every single one of the dream demands of SAG-AFTRA, why isn't it then that the likes of Amazon or Disney or Netflix or any of these big, huge companies, why can't they meet the same demands? that, you know, this smaller this smaller independent company is able to meet. Like, what's the problem? They've got more money. They've got more money than everybody, yet mm. they're refusing to budge on it. And already, like, I mean, this strike has cost something like in the region of like 250 to 500 million for all the studios. If they had, bu- if they had just met the demands, it would have cost them on the writer's side 43 million. And they've lost between
0: 250 and 500 million. Spite, not no Spite yeah. their face. Yeah. Uh, Leslie, mm. we only have a minute to talk about shit. Pros- <laughs> can you okay. speed run the it
1: It's a, a Pinot Noir, burgundy red grape. Glera, the Prosecco grape, which is usually found in, um, in northern Italy. Um, we, the, we used to call it the Prosecco grape, actually, but now we call it the Glera grape because Prosecco can mean there's now kind of pink Prosecco, which is what this is, which is this 15% Pinot Noir or so, and the rest is, is Glera. So, um, yeah, f- lovely, fragrant, fruity. Did you all have a smell of that? Can you get the kind of the sort of rose petal and kind of peachy kind of quality too, which is your absolute classic thing? Um, there's very really delicate pink as well, so it's meeting the the right fashion. That's a fashionable pink colour these days. Oh right, nice, is that nice, lighter nice, pink yes. colour? Um, and just look really easy going, and it would be amazing if you made a um, if you mixed it with apérol spritz and stuff like this. If you're going to make that, that category, this is, this is even better, I think, than a than a, than a plain white prosecco, and uh, just really tasty. And there's a reason we're all drinking prosecco now rather than. Um, Champagne. It's fermented slightly differently. That's very quickly on that. It's fermented in a tank, so you don't have the same yeasty, bready quality, which mm. not everyone likes from their, um, from their champagne and from their cava. You know? Yeah, so, very nice indeed. Yes. Right, well done. Uh, yeah. A minute to <laughs>
0: review that. <back>. Congratulations. <laughs> 15 euros a bottle. Excellent work. Movies and booze. i Moncrief. On News Talk.
4: Grip. Beach all day fog, stones roll in the rip. Dark horse white, blushing land to see. Faithless nature, this young dog and
0: 106 is our WhatsApp number. You are listening to the Moncrief Show on News Talk. come to you today from the atlone Springs Hotel. That was our second hit of Nick Kelly and Sean Miller with Old Dog, Young Dog. Thanks, a and lads, for coming down to play for us. Uh, uh, no, that'll set out when the fat lady sings uh, uh, gets back together again. Uh, we still have our um, our panel with us, but uh, before we get back to the panel, uh, is there an arena in the audience? Irina, with an E. There you are. Yeah. Yeah. Hello. Hi. Hi. How are you? Who Who are you with today? I'm here with my okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're here with your fiance Joe, but yeah. Yeah, your microphone isn't working. Is it working now? Yeah. yeah. One, two. Oh yeah. There it is. Come All on. right. <laughs> so Joe's so. Joe's a magician. Well done, Joe. <laughs> you have something in common with Fanula. Fanula says she has to get the ring resized.
3: Oh no, mine is fine. Okay. It's, it's fine on cold days. Okay,
0: oh. so what when we know now funny, is that funny. your fiancé texted in to say you needed to get it resized, so is a liar. <laughs> well see,
2: <laughs> what, what happens is on a cold day she says it's perfect, and on a hot day she
0: says it's too tight. Oh. So we're not sure whether she needs it resized They're All right, okay. From, yeah, well, yeah into, like, the weather equalises. And when did you get engaged?
1: Um, the 1st of September.
0: 1st of September, so yeah. just a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> And, uh, and do you have a date yet? You have a ring? Do you have a date yet? No. No, not yet. No. Okay. Yeah. Don't ro- don't rush into anything. Anyway, we're going to give you a um, um, Marks and Spencer's goodie bags as well with all uh, all of the wines and chocolates that we've been uh, eating today. So congratulations you. to oh, you. Oh yeah! Have. Thank you. And uh, best of luck with that. Uh, Leslie, what was the name of the... Because uh, we kind of rushed through. Yeah, the, I don't uh,
1: what my phone. Uh, so, uh, so, it's an m wine, obviously. It's all the wines today are sponsored by M&S. It is Bellante, B-E-L-L-A-N-T-E. And this is the pink Prosecco, Bellante Prosecco Rosé. There is also a Bellante Prosecco Blanc, which is made up from 100% Lera. And it's €15. Euro. And if you go to the... Uh, at Lone Town Centre, the Mars Spencers there should have it, uh, or any of the uh, Mars Spencers around the country. And it's, you recognise it by the gorgeous, sort of wavy pattern of the bottle, which is this lovely texture, actually. It's, really it's a very posh posh-looking bottle, I must say. Posh, yeah. yeah,
0: very posh. And 15
1: euros. Because the, the, tax, this, the way, tax on this, by the way, is half the cost of this. So how they're selling it at this price is, is amazing. Most Frizzante Proseccos would cost this. And this is a full fizz, double taxation, because we double tax our champagne, because bubbles are luxury, as you know. You yes, know? of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so. Bubbles and anything. It makes <laughs> yes. it more expensive.
0: Um, so it has somebody been looking, Fanula, as... What streaming service, because, you know, everyone will know if you have a stream, uh, any sort of subscription to a streaming service, you might watch one or two series or something, and then it just stops.
3: Mm, yeah, uh, there's a big, well, I suppose now it's been proven misconception about Netflix in particular, that Netflix is always cancelling shows, like, you know, it's on for two seasons and then it's doshed. Um, but Variety has actually looked into how the streamers compare to like linear TV, but also which streamers are best and worst for cancelling like your favourite shows, so uh, Max, HBO Max, the artist formerly known as Max, whatever name it is now, yeah. that's uh, been called the worst for cancelling shows, which isn't really that strange because uh, of the Warner Brothers deal, they ended up having to axe a load of things. Uh, 26.9% of shows, are they axed, which is nuts. What we have minks, love life, a whole other ones. Westworld was probably one of the most notable ones as well. That was
0: pants anyway. Yeah, Yeah. I mean
3: those last few seasons. It got good in the third season. I couldn't believe how it went on for such a long time, and
0: it was so up its own (laughs) hole. Oh, I thought it was so meaningful.
3: Yeah, so I from mean, what it began as.
0: Yeah, as the first what of the
1: seasons were okay. I thought I enjoyed the first. It, it
0: was uh, about killing yeah. robots. That yeah, was yeah. you know don't make it yeah. any more complicated. Yeah. You know, there were gorgeous. sex
1: robots. <laughs> like, <laughs> but, <laughs> that, yeah, that's sex the, robots. That's yeah. an important description. Yeah,
0: Killing sex robots. Killing sex robots. Yeah. Sex robots.
3: yeah. yeah. Um, as I mentioned, Netflix is uh like called the prime example usually, um, but it's only axed uh, just ten point two percent of its shows between. So I think this data was taken between the past three years. Yeah. So. Um, Apple TV Plus is apparently the best for like not cancelling shows. Uh, which is interesting. But, but it, they don't have that many, though. That compared to, like, the Netflix. Theme,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah but I, I, so. I've heard Netflix is really bad at cancelling shows that appeal to young women, like Warrior None, like I Am Not Okay With This, two great shows that I watched. Um, yeah, you know, Warrior None was uh, brilliant. Yeah. yeah.
3: I keep hearing about Warrior None, is it? Yeah, that? you'd love it. You would love it, actually. Why are you pointing so sorry, fast <laughs> like, why would I love it, Brian? Explain.
2: Well, like, it's about, like, you know, women beating the crap out of men. Perfect, yeah, brilliant. Great.
3: <laughs> right. You'd love Can't
2: it. Wait. Yeah, you're in. But yeah, no, it's really good.
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we're all oh, in okay. So has that been axed then? No.
3: Why are you not?
1: But I heard the rumor that they may be bringing it back thanks to fans complaining and complaining and complaining. That I
3: mean, yeah, but like we've seen that before, if, like know. with the OA, yeah. I think is a really good example, or not the OA. Yeah, I mean, it was think, the OA? There was oh, a big OA, huge. Yeah, yeah, there was
2: a big huge fan campaign. It was and Sense8
3: the other one? I think where people were. Sensei was brilliant. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Like it's sometimes, really sometimes I'd I'd be very surprised if they were able to bring it back. Maybe another streamer will pick it up, but I don't know i don't know yeah
0: it's rare enough that happens yeah really it seems to be in general like
3: that minx show has been picked up by somewhere in the states and i think we can watch it on some other streaming platform over here now but like that was that would have been unheard of and i'd be interesting to see if it goes beyond this second season that minx for anyone that's unfamiliar it's jake johnson and they're heading up this like female-led like porn yeah like playboy yeah playboy but like female-led uh it is supposed to be okay but i actually haven't watched any of it so
0: but we'll see, there you go. But yeah, there's, there's too much. No one to blame except yourself. There's that. too much yeah.
3: content.
0: Yeah. that's probably the yeah. One it of is. them is going to go tits up anyway. One of the streamers. That's kind
2: of it now. Like it, they are kind of saying it's into the sort of uh, the final stages of streaming. Like you're going to see a lot of consolidation. Like I mean, HBO Max will probably go pretty soon. Mm. Because Warner Brothers Discovery are in deep, deep trouble. Disney are already in bother with Disney Plus, with Disney Plus that they've been kind of like artificially well it's been alleged that they've been artificially boosting the numbers on Disney Plus and saying that there's X numbers when there's really Y numbers. And they've been trying to hide the losses of it as well. The only one I think that's actually been consistently doing good is Apple TV Plus. And I know a lot of people kind of got it when they got a free phone, you get the free 12-month subscription mm. or whatever it is, and you didn't really kind of think about it. But, like, you had For All Mankind, you had Hijack, you had The Morning Show. That came back this month, or this week, rather, actually, and it was pretty good. Um, Silo. Yeah, asylum. Yeah, and then there was that one invasion as well, and then there was Ted Lasso, obviously. So like, I it's less is more. Like that's the thing. Like then you see Netflix and they put on like you know fifty shows in a three month period, and you're like, how are you going to watch all of them? Like, and then most of them are crap as well. So that's yeah, it is true. Like I mean, most of the Netflix original stuff is absolutely. If anyone's
1: tried watching that, who is Aaron? Something is this? Yeah, it's just just awful. awful. I got and Heart of Stone. Did you see that? (laughs) Did you see that one? Anyone see
2: that Heart of Stone? The Gal Gadot thing. Terrible. Terrible. Oh, the spy driving. Yeah,
0: Yeah. people up thing.
2: Yeah, Yeah. it's crap though. It was like terrible. It was really, really bad. Like, and like nobody watched it. But then they would go out and say, "Oh, fifty million hours were watched of Heart of a Stone." or Red Notice. That was another one. And like. No one can verify these numbers. Like it's, Netflix are just self-reporting all these viewing figures.
0: But couldn't that just be somebody watches it for five minutes a hundred million times?
2: Try, yeah, try yes. five seconds, try yeah. literally five seconds and that would nearly count as a
3: view. Yeah, there's no, no way to know what they count yeah. actually as a watch, like yeah. it's, it's nice. Yeah. It's all very Wild West.
0: Tell us about the white wine.
1: Okay, uh, the white wine we are drinking is a white wine from Gascony. So Gascony is the Gers department. So south of um, south of the Gironde, which are where Bordeaux is. Um, and then east of uh, the Lende, if you know where that is, and then sort of north of the Pyrenees, basically. So it's an inland region. It's the home of Foie Gras and Confit de Canard. Okay. Um, It is the, if you all heard that story about the French paradox where French people seem to be eating huge amounts of fat but not getting heart disease, that's Gascony. And it was the red wines from this region uh, from madaran which are made with tanat grape but this is the white wine from the region which is um white wines traditionally actually were more often used for making armagnac um, but a few years ago back in the 80s when armagnac sales fell off they started selling it as white wine and now the biggest selling white wine in france is a is a Cote de gascoigne as is this um it's uh, there the grapes could be sauvignon blanc and that is a common thing it could also be colombard uni blanc this happens to be sauvignon blanc uh, pure Sauvignon Blanc but I think they also do another version which they blend with a little bit of uni Blanc but, uh, so it's just gold label Sauvignon Blanc it is 8 euros and I think this is okay. extremely drinkable for but half people. of that would be taxed yeah. Then. well yeah uh, but, or well, no yeah. not half well, well not almost half actually yeah, 3.40 or so I think it is You know? uh, so yeah you're right almost huh? Genie, man. Yeah, but uh, no I just think just we, we, we all, Sauvignon Blanc is by far the biggest selling grape in Ireland I mean obviously Saint-Cerres these days is nearly 30 euros a bottle for any kind of decent one um, it's also the, obviously New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc but you're not going to get that for less than 40 now that's going to be much greener and more appley and kind of green pepper this is much more about sort of light fruity floral flavors more onto the style you'd get in bordeaux because Mm. bordeaux is the other home of of sauvignon blanc white bordeaux um and i just think it's a really tasty kind of fresh zingy but with a bit of sort of floral lightness you know for a warm summer's day yes just like today absolutely (laughs) thanks for reminding us uh of that
0: leslie right uh we do have to take a, a break should we talk about past lives after this yeah okay past lives coming up next Movies and booze, I'm Moncrief. On News Talk.
4: He was just this kid in my head for such a long time. And then he was just this image on my laptop. And now he is a physical person. It's really intense, but I don't think that that's attraction. I think I just missed him a lot. I think I miss soul. Did he miss you? I think he missed the 12-year-old crybaby he knew a long time ago. You were a crybaby? Yeah. Most of the time, he'd have to just stand there and watch me. When is he leaving again?
0: Right, that's uh, um, that's past lives. So, th- is this set in between two countries?
2: Brian? Kind of, yeah. Well, it's set in like between a tw- uh, like a twenty four year time period. It starts off in South Korea, and the woman you saw there, her as a child, is uh, her parents are emigrating to Canada. Um, and she has a young friend. The two of them have this very kind of very strong connection, but obviously because like they 're like six or seven years old obviously it 's not physical mm. it 's just a very close friendship. Um, then they like I said, they emigrate to Canada. The film jumps forward twelve years later she 's now in college. Um, her friend gets back in contact uh, with her just as he's about to start military service in South Korea, because that's the part of the thing over there, they, they get they after like three years, I think, of the army or something. Anyways, before he goes off to do the army, he meets up, he messages her on like Facebook, and they kind of strike up a relationship again, they're kind of talking on uh, Skype a lot, and it's that thing of, you know, the relationship is never physically consummated, but there is that very deep connection. They do have a kind of a cultural um, identity that they share, even though one of them is now in New York at this stage, and the other one is still in South Korea. So she kind of finds herself being drawn back into that. Even though she has, you know, has an American accent, has even taken an American name. She's no longer Ne Young, now she's Nora Young. and. You know, she do, like she talks about it like, you know, I don't even speak Korean anymore. I only just speak Korean to my parents and that's it. I don't use it in my normal day and my Korean is really bad and she gets kind of got a little bit sensitive about it. Um, but as the, that part of the film progresses, she then realizes that I, I'm being dragged back into the past and I'm here in America and I'm trying to be a writer and I'm trying to move forward with my life. So I'm going to cut things off with you. It's kind of brutal. And I'm going to go off and do this um, writing uh, fellowship, um, not fellowship, what is it? It's like kind of like a conservatory thing where she basically yeah. goes away to this like house, meets that guy there, falls in love with him, moves, the film then moves 12 years later. She's now married to that guy. And the, her friend from South Korea gets back in contact with her again. He's coming to New York uh, on a business trip sort of thing and decides to meet up with him and then the third act of the film is them reconnecting but in person this time and how up until this point it had always kind of felt a little bit unreal but now it's real and he's right in front of her and you kind of then see a lot of kind of questions are asked about the idea of romantic destiny and the idea of like the road not taken and it's interesting because like it cuts through at different points in her life you see her in her 20s and then you see her in her mid 30s and there is that kind of thing i think when you hit like 35 36 37 that your life isn't exactly set in stone but you've got enough kind of mileage accrued that if you were to basically just blow it all up and start over again with somebody or move to a different country or whatever you're starting from zero mm. and you're kind of throwing everything over the shoulder and beginning again and what the film does really well i think is the fact that you know the character uh, greta lee is the actor she has a beautiful, brilliant, very real relationship with her husband played by John McGarrow. So it's not as if she's like, there's something missing in her life. It's not as if she feels that this person coming back into her life is giving her something that she's missing. It's more just that it's a little bit more ephemeral. It's almost kind of like, what might have been if I had stayed with him? What might have been if I had gone to South Korea? And it's very, very real. Like I know that's like a small little clip of it, but the film does it very well that, It's it's very thought out like you can really tell that this came from her own the writer director Celine Celine song it came from her real experiences She is married to a Jewish writer in New York. She does live in New York She did have a a friend of hers from South Korea come back into her life and she did have to Process this in a very real way and then she turned it into this film so you can really see that it's thought out it's not that thing of you know, any number of romantic comedies or dramas where mm. it's a will they, won't they. This actually does process the idea of, okay, if you're going to follow this, what's going to happen? Where is your life going to be? And why are you even kind of thinking about this? I mm. loved it. It's absolutely brilliant.
0: And it's, as I understand, it's the director's first film. She's a yeah. the theatre director up to this point.
2: Yeah, she'd done theatre up until this point, And then she had written for a TV show called The Wheel of Time, which is on Amazon ah, Prime. Yeah, yeah big yeah. fantasy thing. Yeah. But yeah, this is her first film, and it's, inc- I mean, for this as a directorial debut is, in- is insane, how kind of confident it is, how clearly she knew what she wanted to get out of every scene. When you watch this, you are just totally sucked in by it, because again, it feels so real. And the performances, again, it doesn't do that hacky thing of like, you know, there's a big crying, tearful confection at the end where they're running to the airport. In fact, the final scene in the film almost feels like a pointed rebuttal of that, cliche you know mm. um which is interesting because the next film is just nothing but cliches um but yeah no i mean like it's done i really really connected with this and i was talking to the publicist um, for the film this this film has between the uk and ireland and um, the ifi in dublin and the lighthouse in dublin have made the most amount of money for this film in uk and ireland and i was thinking about that and it reminded me of brooklyn mm. the saoirse ronan film in that, I think Irish people just connect with immigrant stories anyway. But this in particular is an immigrant story and a love story as well, and it's done in a very, very real way. There's not a lot of, like, there's not a lot of cliche in it.
0: Yeah, so it's in cinema, or is it just in the IFI? Yeah, I mean, I'm not too sure if
2: the local cinema here would show it or not. Maybe it is, I'd I'd have to check, but um, yeah, it would be kind of like, you probably would have to travel to see it, but it's absolutely worth seeing. Do not, don't hesitate. This is a five-star review. I'm you know bank on me it is brilliant it's so so good i can't talk enough about it it's so so good okay fair
0: enough there you go very watch it watch it it's really good and um if anyone does watch it and hates it we'll we'll give you brian's phone number please uh, and you can, uh, um, you can a cost me person. if you've seen it afterwards people of a certain age i think might be excited about the fraser reboot or at least yeah, yeah.
3: why why Come on. I know, space. but like, like, I have a lot of gras for it, but like, why are we bringing this back and it's just him and there's none of the... Uh, they'll no
0: will, they'll rope them back in.
3: They'll Do you rope reckon?
0: Ah, uh, definitely they
2: will. I think someone in the yes, crowd
3: is saying, no, Niles, no, no, no nothing, but no, yeah. No, yeah,
0: but uh, Nicholas Lindhurst, Lindhurst is in it, so it's kind of an only fools and horses Fraser mashup. That's the king of
3: nightmares. In my head, to be honest. But yeah, he's back, um, and we've gotten the first official trailer this week. If people want to go watch that, um, it's debuting on Paramount Plus this side of the pond. I think it's October thirteenth. Ten episodes in total, two episode premiere, um, and it's basically him trying to forge a better relationship with his son, who is played by Jack Cutmore. Smith, uh, Jack Cutmore Scott, excuse me, he was in Deception. Um, so yeah, and as but as you said, it's like literally just uh, your man back as Fraser. What's his name? Why am I blanking on who? Kelsey Grammer. Kelsey Grammer. Kelsey Grammer, Kelsey Grammer. Sorry, just yeah. Kelsey Grammer. So yeah. But I would imagine, as you said, I'd say I don't money, have to. money will talk in terms of guest appearances yeah, and cameos. He's back in Boston, in the Cheers bar. Yeah. he's yeah. A, did He like trying to forge this better relationship with his son, yeah. and the son is a bit like he lands. The trailer shows him landing on the son's door, and the son is like, eh, I'm not sure about this. Hijinks and shoot, ensues, yeah. I'm sure. But, like, Ted Danson
2: yeah. isn't up to much. Like, he'll, they'll rope him back in. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, Shelley absolutely. Long as well.
3: She's, she's still knocking around. Yeah, yeah, come on. So, it's bound to happen. I love seeing men of a certain age happy. So, you know what? Yeah. You, <laughs> you go. You enjoy, this isn't for me. This is for you. You enjoy.
0: Uh, the, um, the Past Lives doesn't seem to be on in alone. It's on in uh, the Galway Palais and the Ice Cinema in, in Carrick and Shannon. There you so go. you might have to travel, and a few uh, places that. in Dublin, I shall. Uh, right, is Ricky Powderly in the audience? Is Ricky Powderly in the audience? No, he's not, Sodom, He's dead to us. Right, <laughs> we will uh, uh, we'll, we'll take a break after that. Uh, one more movie and uh, another drink. Movies and booze on Moncrief on News Talk. Now that, like, R- Fanula reporters are now looking for reporters whose beat specifically is Beyonce?
3: Beyonce and Taylor Swift. You could be a Taylor Swift reporter. There might be one among us right now. There is a a publication in the States, Gannett, or like a media organisation. They're looking for reporters for those specific beats, which like, I know people are going to look at the headline and be like, Taylor Swift reporter. But like, we talked about this in the show a couple of weeks ago, I think with Stephanie Pryzner. Like she is a juggernaut at the minute. It's insane how famous she is and how she is probably going to continue to be more famous, like even at the MTV Video Music Awards the other night. I'm not sure if this is 100% confirmed, so allegedly we'll say there was one camera person focused on her Mm. for the entire ceremony. I'm not even sure if she was aware of it. That's how bankable oh, I think
0: she was. Oh, do you think? Because uh, there was lo- like, because when people were performing, they weren't showing the performance, oh, no, they, they, they showed ten the... segments of the performance and then Taylor Swift's yeah. reaction to it as if that was the more
3: important. Yeah. And
2: Selena Gomez as well. Yeah, Selena yeah. But
3: that's how bankable she is. And Beyonce is in the same category. Like, if you think about the interest surrounding the Renaissance World Tour that she's still on at the minute and like i'm constantly being fed media of it whether it's on tiktok or articles or anything like that so yeah they're basically looking for reporters who can like analyze why analyze their fan bases like why their influence is continuing to grow stuff like that so yeah any any swifties among us who fancy or thinking about emigrating anyway head to the states i don't understand because it's not
0: like if you're a political reporter stuff happens every day mm. in the doll. Some gob always says something and mm. there's always some row. Mm. But like does something happen every day with Taylor Swift or Beyonce? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: In fairness, yeah. 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 Like it would be the same way. Like, okay, you mentioned politics there. Like if there is a national campaign, Generally speaking, they'll put one reporter on, say, the Republican Party and another reporter on the Democratic Party, and they'll just chase them all around the campaign trail. And then they'll do it here as well. Somebody, like some poor git will be forced to follow, I don't know, Michal Martin around the place as well, or Leo Varadkar or whatever, you know. So, like, it's a similar thing. And plus as well, like, you know, these websites or whatever they're doing, they're just following the traffic. Like, people will just type in Beyonce and they'll just want articles about Beyonce, and they'll just put somebody specifically on it like it's happened
3: especially how rabid both of their fan bases are like they want to know every single about every single facet of their like lives their career even if you like okay say you're listening to this and you're rolling your eyes because you don't find taylor swift that interesting you don't like the music whatever even if you're considered the impact she's had on Tech and the music industry, like when she was taken on Apple before, or when she took all the music off Spotify and then put it back on. The Ticketmaster situation that's still ongoing. We're going to be seeing the results of that over the next few years. The Eras tour is obviously coming to Europe. Is that going to be different to the US? Like you're going to have people who are ferociously interested in this, mm. just because you might not be. Like there are people who are going to want to know every single detail about it. And she cured cancer. The, not yet, area. but, I mean, imminently, I'd no, say... and the I'm not being cynical
0: going. about Taylor Swift. I just don't know if there's enough happen. So it sounds like it's puff a lot of the stuff. It's just that people will read anything about Taylor's spirit of Beyonce, I mean, even if there's no new material in it, no new information it. Look, in.
3: I'm biased as well because I'm a fan of both artists. Yeah. And, and like I, again, I'm probably one of these people who needs to know everything about everything. But I, look, I think there's going to be a level of puff with everything. But I, I just think with Taylor, if you look at how she's revolutionised Parts of the industry, even with the stuff around her vinyls, the re-recording of the music. Like oh yeah, that she, whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Two Taylor's more albums version, to go yeah. with that. You know what I mean? Like the right, next. What does she up,
0: do with re-recording? Oh, re-recording her albums. Re-recording yeah, her yeah, old yeah, yeah, albums yeah. so that
3: she could like reclaim the art and stuff like that. Like that's if you're a music fan, that's fascinating. That was like. a good thing. Yeah. And the fact that, that the yeah. m- most of the records now are do are on par are on track to do better than the originals. Like she, yeah. the woman is making an eye-watering amount of money. She's the one buying all of that red wine, I'd say, you know what I
2: mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Genuinely, she's a one-woman like, one music industry. Like, yeah. it's not a joke.
3: Yeah. Oh, no, no, absolutely not. You think she might
0: apply for the job herself? Because, uh, you <laughs> know.
3: For someone, that yeah. would be so interesting. I could so see her sending someone from her team to be like, you need to apply for this and you need to be in it's the Like, the, like the, the departed. Like the A 100%, yeah.
0: yeah. 100%. Right, we'll move on to our second movie of the day. It is The Lessons. Here's a clip. Just a lesson. <laughs>
2: I was going to say, yeah, good swim.
4: Yeah, not as warm as it looks. Don't do it again. I'm sorry. Lakes off limits for their sake. It's only been two years since Felix. They're a little delicate. I'm sorry, I, I didn't know. You do now. I finished your novel, by the way. Bring mine over tonight. We'll debrief. I might need a little more time to finish reading it. You found time to swim.
0: Right. Okay. Um, Richard E. Grant, kind of a bit creepy in that that clip.
2: Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Like, I mean, what I would say about this film is is that they utilise the cast to the absolute, you know, I don't want to say cliched, but like it's very much playing to everybody's strengths. For example, Richard E. Grant kind of creepy in that scene. Later on in the film, like he's absolutely chewing the scenery, doing full wit, nail and eye with like, a bottle of uh, bottle of gin in his hand and all the rest of it. Daryl McCormick, I mean, the first time you see him, he literally takes his top off and reveals. Perfect. Yeah, right, yeah. Brilliant. there you go, yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Julie Delpy, you know, plays this mysterious kind of tragic figure, you know, like it's very <laughs> just playing to everybody's strengths and all the rest of it. And then on top of that as well, this whole film is about like authorship and, you know, who's writing what and you know it's all about how you know just because you influence somebody does that then give you a right to determine the output of that person's creative endeavor even though you've influenced it and so on and so forth but because it's about writing you think the writing in the film would be better it's not it's very very cliched like the one line that keeps getting repeated over and over again is you know good writers borrow but great writers
0: steal yeah, which is a Tired hack as all hell. And then like,
2: <laughs> even the whole idea of like, you know, tortured genius living in his big drafty mansion with, you know, his wife that hates him and his kid that, you know, is a bit messed up. Like, again, that's very hackneyed. And then, you know, the pretty young thing comes in to kind of disrupt the whole thing. And of course, you know, we're not really sure if he's having a relationship with Richard E. Grant's character. We're not really sure if he's having a relationship with the son. We're not sure if he's having a relationship with Julie Delpy. Turns out that that's actually very explicit then. And, and it just, it it felt very rote for a film that's supposed to be, you know, about writers, about getting into the creative process. You'd think they would kind of take a bit more of a novel approach. But they, they, they really don't.
1: did just steal loads of plot lines. That's from it, yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, when I was watching, it was like, okay, yeah, so that's kind of Daphne du Maurier. Okay, so that's kind of... You know, a little bit more sort of like Rebecca, that's kind of, you know, Agatha Christie, that's a bit this, that's a bit that. I mean, and that's fine. I mean, if you're going to do a kind of a postmodern thing and take influences from wherever and kind of mash it all together, fair enough. But you have to be interesting, you have to be commenting on the work. You can't just keep like, You know, mashing, taking stuff and then mixing it all together because then it's just AI. You
0: may as well just get an AI to write the script because
2: all AI does is just takes influences and just smashes them
0: together and throws it back out. So Richard E. Grant is a writer and is he mentoring?
2: Yeah, he's yeah. Richard E. Grant is an author in this. He hasn't written a book in five years. He's trying to get this book out. His son died two years ago. Um, Daryl McCormick is a tutor who is also an aspiring writer himself. He's brought into the house to tutor his other son. Uh, who's trying to get into oxford and daryl mccormick's sort of raison d'etre is essentially to try get the son to write to the house style of what oxford want Mm. he doesn't really want to do it he kind of feels like he's been forced into do it by the dad the mom is a bit passive in the whole thing she just is kind of has been so struck by the death of her firstborn son and she doesn't really know what she wants anymore and she works in the art world and has nothing to do with the writing. And yeah, and like there's a lot of interesting kind of there's a lot of that's that's rich material, you know, that sort of mm. way you can really kind of delve into it. But unfortunately You can kinda see everything coming, you can you can see exactly where it's you watch enough of these things, you can see where it's all gonna end up.
0: Yeah, and is there a kind of a murder mystery element to it? A little bit, yeah,
2: because you 'cause you're kinda wondering like what actually happened to the sun, like and then Mm. there's a whole thing of like there's a room in the in the house that nobody's allowed into except. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And then you kinda you think like, I wonder if that's and then it's like, Yep, actually it is that and there you go. Yeah. So it's okay, it's not great. I mean, it looks, it looks very pretty. I think the music is brilliant as well. Uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge's sister did the music for it. Oh. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it could have been... It, has a lot, it had a lot of promise, and then it just disappointed. I think it was like I went in with too high expectations for...
0: Hmm. Was this, is this in, in the cinema, or is this on the stream? Yeah, this
2: will be in cinemas next Friday.
0: Right, yeah, okay. Next Friday, next Friday
2: is like chuck a block so I had to... Zoink. Mm-hmm. put something out here okay because they didn't enough. get to see a haunted in venice
0: i hear that's good though okay well we'll hear about that next week hopefully yeah. uh right so um another blast in the past buffy the vampire slayer is coming
3: back oh <laughs> <my> <laughs> <God>. <laughs> more girl yeah but it's kind of not as people think because i read this and i was like well oh, interesting and then you get to the third paragraph and you're like oh actually not um so it's from audible so it's an audio story um, but it's a lot of the original cast and it's set 20 years after the finale um, and it focuses on spike um, so it's called slayers a buffy first story james masters is coming back as spike um, we also have Anthony Heat is coming back, Charisma Carpenter, Juliet Landau, Emma Caulfield, um, and there's a new, uh, the only difference is there's a new Slayer, so it's not. It's not Buffy? It's not Buffy, no, different Slayer. But is she called Buffy? No, she is her own name that I don't know off the top of my head. But.
2: No, you see, because at the end of Buffy, basically all the women in the world were turned into Slayers, so it was like everyone could be a Slayer. Okay. Yeah
0: okay so it could be anything
3: it could be anything yeah like i don't it could know be I mean, mary the vampire slave yeah. yeah yeah bernadette yeah fanula maybe yeah um but it's like it's an audio story so it's kind of like a a podcast more than anything else because originally ah, right. i was like okay interesting and then i read further on I, I think this is really only gonna appeal to like the the big buffy heads i don't know what what's the collective noun for i don't know Bans? either buffers.
0: buffers yeah buffers <laughs> yeah <laughs>
3: Well, people
0: will, you know, watch Fraser uh, and then go listen to a nice (laughs) podcast. (laughs) <laughs> and, and then think, have a, cu- a couple of milky tea Yeah, and, a of milky by tea, and then go for a nice nap uh, which is what we have to do now because our, our time is over here I'm afraid uh, at the Aww. Athlone Springs Hotel uh, the winner by the way of the two night break here in Athlone Springs Hotel is Ray McEninen in a tie so congratulations to you Ray uh, our team today serving you your drinks uh, Josh Maher, Alex Rowley Rachel Horgan and Jack Lawler on Sam we had David Slevin Paul Buckland and Peter Malloy and our production team Ashing Moore Sean Reedy And Simon Tierney, Uh, we'll talk to you on Monday at two o'clock. Here on up next on Newstalk, we're going to leave you now with our final uh, bit of music. Uh, Have a lovely weekend.
4: Maybe it's your superpower. Or the sun, a golden hour, when the light hits your face, maybe I was none the wiser. But my heart set on fire, slow dancing round your place. I was in love, but boy was I.
3: And I let you blame it on me. How were we to know we'd run out of room to grow? It looks like we're changing. Why don't we face it? I had a lot on the line times.
1: Movies and Booze am Moncrief on News Talk.